Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Episode number 42, the Prolific Writer Podcast. Monica Bullock stops by the show. You don't want to miss this one. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well. So you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is your prolific writer, podcast host, Ryan J. Pelton, the podcast dedicated to helping you write fast, write often, and write well. However you are joining us, however you are listening to my voice in your ears, on the train, on the commute, on the treadmill, mowing the lawn, wherever you are, however you found us, we are so glad that you stopped by the show. Today is another Great interview. I can't believe it's already episode number 42. It seems like yesterday we were just starting this racket. So thank you, everyone. I want to say again, thank you, everyone, for your kind words and comments and emails. Uh, I just got an email this week from a woman who said, thank you for this podcast. It's helped me get through my boring commute and drive, and I'm learning a lot of great things. And uh, and that's why we do the show. It's it's to inspire you, encourage you to encourage gauge you with people from around the world, authors from around the world to hear their stories, to hear how they did it, to be inspired and encouraged to, to learn tips and tricks and ways in which you can become a prolific writer. And I am just so thrilled and so thankful to be able to do this. And hopefully it is serving you well as it serves me well every week, even as I interview some of the most prolific writers on the planet. And today is is not going to disappoint either. Today we have ML Bullock, Monica Bullock on the show, an author, a pastor's wife, and she has a great story that you'll hear about that, who loves to write supernatural ghost stories and in other genres. And you'll hear more about that too. And, and I love, again, Monica's story. It's a humble story of how she was a little girl wanting to write and did a ton of writing and ended up 
ghostwriting and then shifting into writing her own books and having great, great success, allowing her husband to retire. And you'll hear more about that and just being able to help people in her community and do a lot of great things through her books and through her writing. It's just a dream she never thought would go this well. And, you know, it gives us all hope. It gives everyone that writes that Monica says, you just have to do the work and, and good things can happen. And so I, I'm just so excited to share this, this interview with you. And before I do that, just one little housekeeping item that I'd like to share with you. And one of the things that um, I'm trying to avoid on this podcast are sponsors and commercials and ads and things like that. Um, not, not that I'm against those things and many podcasts do that, but one thing that people keep asking me is, well, is there any way that we can support the show and support your work with your podcasts and your books and all the content that you're creating? And someone encouraged me to think about doing a Patreon page. And this is kind of a popular thing these days, patreon.com. And really it's a membership site where people can support and give money toward uh, artists and creatives. And, uh, and so I created a Patreon page uh, where you can give to uh, this podcast and uh, help cover costs, uh, website design and hosting and um, and editing and, and the time it takes to do that and my writing and all those kinds of things. It's all there on the page. I won't bore you with all the details. Um, but what's really cool about the Patreon page is that you get to participate in a Patreon community. And so it's not just you giving money to the show, but also uh, I'm giving things to you. And so there's a list of rewards based on how much you give. And, and so you can have access to me on different levels. You get free books, uh, about exclusive interviews, and, and other great stuff. And that's all on the Patreon. Patreon page. So I'll put that in the show notes, patreon.com slash Ryan J Pelton, and you can support the show. If you enjoyed it, give a buck or two. It, and, and I don't want to make this a big deal, so I'm not going to, but you can get all the details there. And uh, I want to get right to the interview with Monica Bullock. So here she is. Well, welcome everyone to the Prolific Writer Podcast. I am privileged today to have author M.L. Bullock, Monica Bullock, on the show today. Uh, she is a best-selling author of the Seven Sisters series, which we'll talk about in just a moment. She's been storytelling since she was a child. She was born in Antigua, British West Indies. That's interesting. She's had a lifelong yeah. love affair with beaches and island life. She currently lives on the Gulf Coast and regularly haunts her favorite hangout, Dauphin Island. A visit to historic Oakley House in Mobile, Alabama inspired her successful supernatural suspense, Seven Sisters series. So, Monica, welcome to the show. And hey, tell us anything uh, I missed. Hi. Uh, so glad to be here. And I think you got it right. Except it's Dolphin Island. Oh, it is Dolphin. You would, okay. Yeah. You would not know that unless you visited here. But yeah, that's everything else is correct. So are you in Alabama? Um, I was in Alabama when I wrote the Seven Sisters series. I'm across the state line now. I'm still on the Gulf Coast, but I'm in Mississippi. Okay. Now, were you guys affected by the, the hurricanes? Uh, not this time around. The last really good dose of hurricane itis that we got was with Ivan and that's been a while so but now there's a storm in the gulf which we're watching for this weekend so that should be interesting okay 
Yeah, well, you know, the South Mississippi, there's some great, uh, great history of writers there. So, you know, you're in you're in good company. So, well, hey, thanks for uh, for for coming on the show. There's a lot of angles we could could go with this interview. You have a very unique background. There, there's two kind of big narratives that I, I find interesting is one is you've had some huge success uh, writing your stories. And I saw that on our uh, our writing group that we're a part of. And, and that w- w- was our initiation to say, hey, you need to come on and talk about what you're doing and what's working and, and kind of hear more about you. And, and what I love about this show, not the fact that I own it and I do it, um, but that we find s- some of these great authors and writers that no one's ever heard about. And that's not you know derogatory to you, um, but that's the greatest compliment I get is, hey, where do you find all these people? Because they have great stories and, and now I'm finding new authors. And so I'm really glad that, that you could come on and share a little bit of your story. And then secondly, another little piece we'll get into in just a moment is that you're a pastor's wife and mm-hmm. you're writing like ghost stories and things. So I don't know <laughs> if that's allowed in the church or if, you know, they yes. kicked you out or banned you or whatever. So we'll get into that in just a moment. So, <laughs> um, so why don't we just start kind of from the beginning, kind of your origin story is, you know, you say you've, you loved writing since you were a little girl. So w- when did kind of writing begin? When did you start getting the bug? Well, uh, when I was a, a kid, I had an aunt or aunt, as we say down here in South Mississippi, uh, that used to love to go to garage sales, and she'd come home with boxes of paperbacks. And those were usually uh, Harlequins that I probably shouldn't have been reading at 9 or 10. But there were also some great Gothic paperbacks. They always had the woman running from the haunted castle wearing her pajamas or something. And I just love those ghost stories. And uh, as you mentioned, I was born in Antigua, my dad was a Navy SEAL, so we traveled to a lot of cool places. And every few years, we were at a new house, and there was always interesting things about these new houses. And one of the things was sometimes there were ghosts, or so we believed as kids. And that got me really interested in in the whole paranormal. And so that was just a love that I had from there, you know. Well, that's uh, yeah, no, I think there's, it's funny, I've interviewed so many people and, and so many people say the location of where they're from or how to influence their writing. I think that's an interesting thing because there's, you know, every, it seems like every city, every state has these kind of, you know, whether they're true or not, these urban tales that are, that, that can be very fascinating and interesting. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, early about, you know, Southern writers. I mean, a lot of, you know, writers that have come from certain parts of the country write certain kinds of stories and, and kind of have a certain vibe to their, their style and things. So obviously that must come out in your, in your writing and has influenced you a lot. Um, so the other part of that, that story is, you know, you, you started as a young girl, you were, you know, moving around, finding these kind of ghost stories interesting. Now, was that something that you just kind of hung on to as you got older? I mean, was it always kind of the, the ghost stories, the supernatural stuff? Or, I mean, were there any other kind of influences in your writing? Well, I loved the Nancy Drew books, all of those I read, that Little House books, all of those I read. Um, I wasn't just a reader, though. I was watching a lot of TV in the 70s and the 80s, and I'm one of those people that just know every Scooby-Doo episode (laughs) out there. A huge Scooby-Doo fan. But the thing that aggravated me about every one of those was it was always the lighthouse keeper that did it, or it was old man Jenkins pretending to be the monster. And I would go and rewrite those endings and put monsters in it, you know. Uh, I just, I loved that. So, um, that's funny. Cause my kids are into Scooby-Doo again, which is funny. Cause I watch Scooby-Doo <laughs> too. 
And, uh, you know, we always have to tell them, like, oh, you know, they get scared, but then we're like, okay, remember, it is Old Man Winters. It's not a real yeah. ghost, you know. Or I said Jenkins, but yeah, yeah Jenkins you do or it. Winters <laughs> or whoever. Right. So you're like, no, I want it to be a really scary person, not some guy dressed up. I love that. Right. Or that, that the ghost deserved a story, you know, that, that, that the ghost deserved their life to be shared, that, that they had a something to share. And it was always like, eh, you know, okay, it's nothing special. But I like in my stories for the ghost to have a real story to tell. So that's kind of where I went with my writing. So so fill in some of the gaps there. So, you know, young girl started writing, you know, Scooby-Doo endings. And <laughs> and then, you know, did you keep on writing like through high school, through college age, uh, through adult? Or was there what, what's in between there? Oh, man. So much is in between there. Um, I my I have. uh a really long story, but I'm not, so I'm not going to go into that, but no, I didn't. I loved reading though. I kept reading no matter what I was doing in life. I, I always read, but I, I didn't ever think that I would be an author. I know that's probably against the grain, but my parents were like, well, what do you want to do? You know, when you're out of school, I want to be a writer. Oh, there's no money in that. Oh, okay. So archaeologists, I'll do that. And uh, got into history and got into science and started working on that degree. Didn't finish it. Had a family instead. And uh, just by the time I was ready to get into the world again after raising children or having kids in school, then it was like, well, what do I do? You know, what do I do with my life? I, I really wanted to write. And I ran across this post online where these people, complete strangers, were talking about making money with um, associated content. I don't know if you even know who that is, but mm -hmm. they were like a content company before Yahoo came around. And uh, they were talking about earning money from writing posts for them. And I said, oh, that's a neat thing. So I went from associated content to working for Yahoo, writing content for them, and then writing content for Demand Studios. And these are just like articles on how to scramble eggs and nothing creative and fun. <laughs> but then, yeah, then Google Panda came along and just like tore out all that up. And uh, so those companies weren't hiring freelancers anymore. So I had to find something else to do. And I went into ghostwriting. I started ghostwriting novels for some reason. I'm like, well, you know, other writers were doing it and talking about it. And so I went and did that and wrote a six or seven ghost ghost writing projects and that's kind of where i started writing my own that's great yeah that's great i you know your story is very common i i you know every other interview it seems like there was you know i want to write somebody said well that's not a real job you know they quit <laughs> writing for years and then they kind of picked it back up and you know one of the regrets was man i wish i would have done that earlier i wish i would have picked it up sooner <clears throat> rather than you know even writing yeah. on the side or just keeping it going i, I had a, a a guy on here who you know, talked about for 20 years you know they stopped and um and really just wishes he would have but you know now he's glad he did um so thank you for for sharing that kind of vulnerable vulnerable part oh, of your story i had a really good time though i mean i didn't go right from school to having a family i mean i took 10 years where i traveled around the country i i worked and some interesting jobs and I just had a lot of fun. So I had a lot of things to write about. Um, but so I don't really have any regrets about not getting into it sooner because honestly, the past three years have kind of been a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never expected that I would have so much success for me. This is success anyway, cause I'm doing something I love. Mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm able to, my husband's been able to retire and just ministry full time now. Um, I'm putting my son through college. I mean, I, it's just amazing mm, to me. So right, it, right. it came along at the right time. Right. <laughs> right. No, that's great. Um, so in the midst of that journey, you know, little girl writing Scooby-Doo stories, you know, writing content on content mills or whatever, whatever, you know, scrambled egg stories that aren't that exciting ghost writing. Was there like a moment in your life where you said, I can do this. I want to do this. Like, was there kind of a moment or a time of your life where you said, you know, I think I, I think I can do it and I want to do it. Absolutely. I got to work with an amazing, uh, author that hired me to, and actually I can't say her name or anything, but uh, she was very involved in the writing process. So I don't want people to get the idea that ghostwriting is this horrible thing where I, that, you know, they just pay someone to write the story. She was very involved in the storyline and we worked on developing her stories together. So it was really intense. She, I learned a lot from her. She was a very giving person, but I helped her with her last trilogy and I, I saw the books climbing the rankings. I was like, man, you know, this is amazing. I, I helped with that. I wrote a large part of that. And the book was in the top 500. And I was like, wow, I, I could do this. Then I started thinking about, well, I don't want to write romance. I mean, I did ghostwriting for her for that. But I didn't want to do it. I wanted to write what I loved, which was ghost stories. And, um, so I started writing late at night after I'd done her work and the other things. And the story just kind of rolled out. And once I put that first one up there that people wanted the second one, I, I know people read that first book and they're like, gee, this is a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah, but I really just didn't know how to end it. You know, I, I, I didn't have any clues about that. Uh, really, I just wrote to where it felt like this was an ending, you know, and uh, it was pretty great. I'm telling you. Well, that's great. That's great. No, I think it's those those moments where you, you kind of just have that confidence like, oh, wow, people are they're reading it. They're giving feedback. It's it's doing OK. Like maybe I can do it because I think writers are some of the worst, you know, when it comes to just self-doubt and fear. And every time you go to the page, it's like this is the worst thing ever why am i wasting my time doing this <laughs> you know i see yeah i see this is this is why i'm like uh like your one of your previous guests dean wesley smith who is awesome mm -hmm. uh, i'm not someone that goes back through that book a dozen times before putting it up there because mm -hmm. i will do exactly that i'll be like oh this stinks you know yep. <laughs> i i just don't want to not fall in love with it i i just yep. go to the next thing so no, I think that's true. And I think there's finding ways where you cannot feed that kind of inner critic and feed that self-doubt. I mean, and a lot of that is rewriting. I mean, when I edit, I just, I'm editing a book right now of my own and, you know, I just got back from the editor and I'm going through it and it's like at first best book ever. Now it's okay. Now it's, I hate it and I want to burn it. And then mm -hmm. now I just want to take a nap you know, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of the progression. Um, but if we, yeah. yeah, we, we, we stay with it too long. I think it's important that we ship our work and share our work. So it's a big theme yeah. on our show, but, um, so, so talk a little bit about, um, because you have such an interesting story, um, kind of the evolution of your own writing kind of 
journey and process. So, you know, you're doing kind of these, you know, egg stories, you know, and not that exciting. You're doing some ghostwriting, then you're writing your own stuff. Talk about a little bit kind of what you've been learning along the way, as far as yourself and your own process. I know you mentioned, you know, I don't, I don't, I try not to rewrite too much because then I get kind of the self doubt and the critic, but, but talk about like from where you began and kind of where you are now and kind of what's changed and what's kind of been helpful for you. Well, um, it's it's been an ongoing process. That's one of the things I love about it is that every Monday I set Mondays aside. They're like my process days. Mondays are the days that I sit down and I think about, okay, uh, how am I gonna how am I gonna work on this next pro- next project? Because unlike a lot of folks, I'll use Google Sheets to outline on one book, but on the next book I'm using a notebook. And I like the the ever changing and the possibilities. I like the creativeness ness <laughs> of writing. So I, I'm Mondays are the days that I sit down and say, okay, this is what I'm how I'm doing this this week. Um, I'll make myself accountable. There are certain forums that say, hey, what are your writing plans for the week? And I'll contribute what I'm doing there. Make myself accountable, but. Mondays are my process days. I think about how I'm get, what I'm going to do that week. I tend to work just Monday through Friday. I try not to work on Saturdays and Sundays because my family's like, we never see you. Um, but so Mondays and through Fridays I work. And I, I usually write three to 5,000 words a day. And uh, I divide that up, though, a lot of times because I don't know about you, but my brain's just like, give me a break after mm-hmm. 2,000 words. Oh, yeah. So... Do that in the morning, do some things in the afternoon or around the house or go somewhere, come back in the evening and finish that up. So I like have a divided schedule. Um, and then I, I usually use a spreadsheet or a notebook and write down how many words. To be honest with you, I use sticky notes probably more than anything else. Like there's a sticky note every day I have in front of me that says what my word count is. And then I add to that sticky note and... Just fill it up till I use another one. So that's pretty much that. Uh, I have an awesome editor. She's uh, been crucial to to getting to keeping me on task on target because some of my my seven sisters books are really involved. Uh, characters are related to one another. Uh, it's the South, so somebody's married to someone. <laughs> you know, there's uh, lots married of. To <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, family secrets, and then she'll remind me of something. So she's been really crucial. Um, if I had the discipline, I'd do like a series Bible, but I'm really not that disciplined. And I'm I'm too bored with it to go back and put it together. That's a shame to say. But, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my process. And also on Mondays, I do my marketing, promo, my promotional stuff which usually consists of a uh, boosted post on a new release that's coming out. I'll interact with fans with a blog post. I just started doing that. Um, I'm pretty active on my Facebook page. So those are kind of the things that I plan on Monday. I do that on Monday. That's great. So um, the sticky notes, is that kind of your outlining process? I mean, do you kind of, (laughs) do you kind of lay out your stories or just kind of just big ideas and just kind of go? Ah, that's so, that's a great question because that changes so much. I've done the whiteboard with the sticky notes. I've done um, outlines, but I think the thing that I go to the most 
is just like beat sheets, mm -hmm. which is, okay, this is book one. I know Guinevere is going to meet Arthur again in book one. This is my new series. Mm -hmm. And then in book two, she's going to run into Lancelot, and Merlin's going to appear. In book three, it's going to be. And then I go back to book one, and I write the beats. Like, I know this is the scenes that I want to write, and then I create the story around those scenes, which is probably the hard way of doing it, but that's how I do it. So. Well, yeah, and I think every writer's different. I mean, that's what I hope people hear on this show is that, you know, everybody's process isn't their process. They have to kind of know themselves and know what works and change and evolve. And, you know, I think writer advice is, is good. Obviously I'm building a whole show and website and books around it, but <laughs> it's more principles. It's more kind of figuring it out, you know, trying different things. Like I've, I've tried to outline, I mean, I, I outline nonfiction, but when it comes to fiction, heavy outlines, I just spend all my time outlining. I'm not writing and it's just too much. And I end up going elsewhere anyway. So I, yeah. I, do, I do very minimal. I just can't do it. I just, I try, you know, I've had Libby it, Hawker on here. I've read her books. I've, <laughs> I've read every outlining book there is. I just can't do it. So, it zaps the joy out of yeah. the process for me. I mean, maybe we're just more right brain. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't uh, like but, knowing where it's going to go. Like I like being surprised. I, I like right. even surprising myself like, Oh wow. They went over there. That's interesting. You know, um, yeah. I think that's part of the joy of writing. I know it's a, it's back to that Scooby-Doo thing. Everybody's in the van, but only Freddie's driving. Yeah. So, you know, we want to, we're the Freddie's we're driving, but everybody else can contribute too. And so even right. though I know where it's going to go sometimes, sort of, yep. I, I'm okay to take the ride. Well, I, I think there's a myth that, that you have to like, even like plot points that are, you know, something's going to happen here or a cliffhanger or a climax or whatever. So we think by, we have to write that out. Like, Oh, this is going to happen now. It has to happen right here. <laughs> but I've realized in our subconscious and in our creative brain, that's all there. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I do it intuitively. Like this mystery happens and I didn't plan on that. It just happened. Like, but it happened where it needed to happen. And it, you know, and I, I think sometimes we have to just trust that instinct that we've absorbed so much story in our life, you know, from Scooby-Doo to everything else that we, we kind of know how stories work. And we just have to trust that, you know, it's going to go where it needs to go. And, you know, I think there's yeah. a, there's a, you know, a kind of an insecurity when we outline thinking, okay, at this point, the gun's got to go here and this has got to be here and, and that, and that could be helpful. Um, but you know, it's the fun, that's the fun part. It's like, whoa, you know, I didn't, didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, so absolutely. I so, love it. It's kind of like, um, I, it's, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a high cause really don't really know what that is, but it's kind of like a rush that, right. that I kind of know. Um, but yeah, it's a rush because yeah. you're, you're in it. The story is just amazing. You're watching it. You're not just writing it. You're mm -hmm. watching it when you're, when you're just going with it. Mm -hmm. And I like that well, a lot. Know, yeah. And I, I've encouraged people to go, go look up Stephen King interviews, go look up Lee child, go look up, um, Elmore Leonard, go look up, uh, Raymond Bradbury, <clears throat> excuse me. They all say the same thing. Like, why would I want to know the end before I start? You know, it's it's the discovery. It's the joy. That's why we write. <laughs> I mean, it's it's we don't know who these characters are. We're figuring out who they are and what they're going to do. And, and we just let them kind of get get them in a room and see what happens. And, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't imagine writing the end before I started. That just sounds boring. But um, it does. We'll we'll leave that point there. But um, 
So talk a little bit about, I think this is interesting about your, your career is that you write ghost stories, but you also write some, you just mentioned even some, would you call them fantasy um, novels or? Jeez. I know it's crazy. Um, well, I wrote, I think, I think that things have moved slower for me because I am one of these people that I'm committed to the ghost stories because I love them. They're amazing. Uh, there are so many stories that need to be told. There's so many local legends that I exploit, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that that I want to share. I don't want these to be lost. You know, these southern stories, these wherever you're at stories. I don't want them to be lost. But I do also love I have a series about Nefertiti that probably nobody's read. Well, it's had a few book bubs, so I guess it, people have read it. But I'm not known for that. But that's historical fiction. But I am planning on writing this really interesting vampire fantasy trilogy um, this winter. And it's uh, Guinevere Forever, which I'm really excited about. Um, so that's that's going to be cool. Uh, but I, I like these. I've heard another, other people call them projects of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I have to have that every now and then. Just something different from from what I'm writing. Because you can only get excited about the lady in white so many times in a row, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And I, I want to just try different things and try to stay close to the uh, supernatural suspense, which is where I feel like my books are. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they end up in horror sometimes. I don't put them there. Mm-hmm. But um, they are more su- supernatural suspense. So I'm trying to stay close to that. And my vampires will be vampires, but they won't be, you know, it's not going to be arms flung off and blood everywhere it's gonna have a story Mm -hmm. i I like the story part of stories so that's you know did that make any sense at all total (laughs) sense no i I think okay i'm hearing that more and more with authors is is you have to write kind of what you love and and don't some things just aren't going to sell and that's okay but you just you have to write it and and that's okay i mean with indie publishing and you have that freedom to do that um, I, you know, I feel like my fiction is actually my palate cleanser is nonfiction for me. I write a lot of nonfiction. It's so research heavy and so detailed. It just wears me out, but I love just telling stories and it's not as much, it's still a lot of work obviously, but it, it it's a different kind of brain. It's a different kind of mindset where I can just go and, um, you know, nonfiction, like when I have to go back and do footnotes and notes and all that, it just drives me crazy. Like that's the part I hate about it. Um, not the book, but it's just all the details and getting, you know, all the information, right. And not plagiarizing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but fiction, you know, you can just tell a story and, you know, start and be done. Um, but you know, writing what you love and writing, you know, Hey, maybe this doesn't fit. So, so along that line though, tell me a little bit how your audience has responded to the different kind of, um, stories. I mean, are they just, Hey, we're all in, uh, you know, ML Bullock is our, our writer. We don't care. Is it crossover? Is it kind of both and I wish, (laughs) I wish I wrote, um, a siren series. I started a siren series. I wrote the first three books in it. And I, I loved it. I thought it was interesting. It was about Dolphin Island. It was a supernatural. Uh, it had a lot of great characters, mermaids and uh, goddesses. And it was just great. I loved it. But my fans did not. They were like, this is YA or this is not for us. you know. And they were kind. But uh, I can look at the sales. I mean, I know what they're buying. And they comment very vocally on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, so they weren't 
real excited about it. And there's a small group that like it, and they really want me to get going on Friday the next three and that. But I don't know when that's going to happen. I try to I try to listen to them because ultimately I need an audience, not just for financial reasons, but because I'm a storyteller. I need an audience. And so I try to listen to them and give them the things that they want. But at the same time, I do step away from the path a little bit. Like the Nefertiti books, I wrote those. I loved that character. I loved the story. I think I did a decent job of creating some fiction about her. Some people really liked it. I had an excellent um, review from one person that was from Egypt that said, hey, thank you for representing our country Hmm. in such a beautiful way. And so that was interesting. That was like, wow, it was worth it just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, I try to, I have two series that are really popular with my ghost fans. And that's the Seven Sisters series, which went from Seven Sisters to the Idlewood spinoff to the Return to Seven Sisters spinoff because they all wanted to go back there. <laughs> and, and then I have uh, Gulf Coast Paranormal, which some people really think is a uh, ghost hunter group, but it's not. <laughs> and um <clears throat> excuse me so i have those two series that i i write for like every six weeks or every two months but i'm gonna work in this new one because i i'm really excited about queen guinevere being a vampire i think that's gonna be great um so i'm gonna i'm going to do the things that i love to do but unlike the last time it's, it's not going to be to the exclusion of the things that that bring me revenue and lots of fan love, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm smarter about my publishing schedule now. I'm I'm working it in, so I'm not abandoning the ghost folks mm-hmm. just to write something new and shiny, um, you know. And at the same time, I'm I'm just hoping to reach more readers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Well, I, th- I think you have a good perspective. I, I think you have to just d- decide, like, I'm going to just write what I want to write and mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not going to have five different newsletters and five different Facebook pages and nine different pen names. I'm just going to tell stories and they might fit in different genres, but that's just who I am. And I think actually the more and people I've seen do this well, myself included, actually, and I'm not saying I do it well, but, but, you know, I'm very, you know, I have a pen name, but I'm very open about my pen name. I write mm-hmm. fiction. It's not Christian fiction, but I write Christian nonfiction and I write other nonfiction as well. But, um, it's just, that's who I am, you know, and, and I'm just okay with that. Like I just embrace it and I've had crossover and some not, and that's okay. You know, I think at the end of the day, like you have to just be okay with this is what I want to do. And I'm writing for myself first and foremost. And then right. you know, obviously the audience is a benefit of that. Um, I just heard uh, Joe R. Lansdale in a interview, if you know who he is. And um, he, he said, I write and I pretend all the people in my life are dead. And, <laughs> and he, he basically just says, I, 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 when I go into my writing room, I don't think about anyone. I just think everybody's dead. And so I'm writing for me. And then, you know, then I get feedback and then I, you know, I'll, I'll change some things. And if people like this, I'll write some more of this. But like in the end, I just I like it for me because I enjoy it and I love the ride and I love the thrill of writing. Um, and I think that's why we all got into it. I mean, before anyone ever read anything we wrote, we wrote for us because it was fun yeah. and it was joyful and it, it healed our souls in some ways and, and helped us express ourselves or whatever yeah. our motivation was. Um, 
So right. I, I love that. So so along those lines, obviously you're a, a ghost writer, uh, horror writer. You write in all kinds of different genres. But talk a little bit about that, that other part of your story. You know, um, as a pastor's wife, you know, they, you know, uh, well, ghost stories. What is, you know, is this Christian ghost? You know, what does this, this yeah. look like? You know, how have you kind of navigated kind of those waters? Um, have you had any pushback or had any interesting conversations on that? Or just kind of, hey, this is just who I am. It doesn't really matter. Or talk to us about right. that. Oh, well, the people that know me personally um, and that are involved in our church and they know that I'm not spending the weekends at Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum with the EMP or the EMF detector or, you know, they know that I'm not doing that. So, but uh, yeah, I have had people say, how could you, how could you do this? You know, you're, you're a pastor's wife. I've actually had a lost a friend over that. Uh, I'm like, have you even read it? I mean, there are lines that I don't cross because of my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll never see me writing about exorcisms or anything demonic. I, I just don't have a palate for that. I don't want to. I don't want to feed that to the masses, you know. But even at the same time, though, people have experiences. I mean, even in the Bible, if you were just to solely look at that. The guys in the boat thought Jesus was a ghost. I mean, ghosts are part of our lives. They're part of our culture. Mm-hmm. They're part of how we think. We have experiences. We are supernatural beings, I think. This is just Monica 101. Monica Lee is what ML stands for, by the way. Okay. Uh, but uh, so, you know, my theology is we live in this great, big, paranormal, supernatural world. Hey, let's explore it. And as Christians, we we sh- we're so we spend so much time being afraid of those things when we have, in my opinion, more protection than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm not someone that would ever encourage someone to piddle around with certain things like Ouija boards or you know those boxes that make the ghost speak. I, I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to invite that. But at the same time. I realize that there are experiences that we don't have explanations for. And people find it comforting to think about, you know, what life is beyond. And I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with it. My husband knows who I am. He's all right with it. Uh, Like I said, there are just lines that I don't cross. But there's lots to be, to immerse myself in within those lines, if that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. Yeah. No, is there, has there ever been in your life kind of a, you know, when you're thinking about your writing and your faith and how that influenced your writing, um, you know, going just writing Christian, whatever that means, Christian novels or Christian stories (laughs) or trying to get into the Christian market. Um, how, how have you kind of thought through that just as a, as a Christian yourself? Do I want to get in the Christian market? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, when you were starting out, I mean, was that the kind of the, well, I'm a Christian, so I guess I got to write Christian ghost stories. Actually, no, I didn't think about that. I probably should have, maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I I genuinely feel like, I genuinely, 100% feel like God led me here. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I was going through some really tough times when I, I came up with the idea for the story. Um, I really believe that he's kind of led me to this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people will argue with that. I've actually had, at a book signing, had a, a supposed fan just get in my face because, you know, this is, this is not God. I'm like, okay, you know, would you like me to sign your book? Mm -hmm. You know, you just, you just bought it. But, um, so 
I don't, I don't really think of it that way. I, I'm comfortable in my, in my world. Hmm. I know that God knows me, and I know Him, and He loves me, and I love Him, and we're okay. It's everybody else that may not be okay with hmm. what we have. I, I don't, you know, I don't really. I try not to limit myself. Like I said before, I, I do have boundaries where I won't go. And some of that's because of personal experiences. I mean, I grew up with night terrors and having these experiences with no explanation, you know. And because I came to this faith, I've been able to overcome it. And I write about some of that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's therapeutic for me. I'm okay with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand that uh, the world at large, you know, or actually... Lifeway Christian stores probably not ever going to want to write, you know, put my books in their store. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really all right. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, the reason I ask, I think some of it too, is I've had, I've had a friend on the show, uh, Mike Duran, who's very open about his faith, but he, um, he struggled with the same ideas. Like he started kind of in Christian fiction and was really, he had some traditional deals and was really forced to kind of write stories. He didn't want to write. Um, you know, that didn't have any edge to him or didn't use mm -hmm. any language or didn't, you know, and, and it wasn't just, he, I have to use, you know, bad words. He wasn't, I mean, he wasn't, that wasn't his motivation, but he felt like the, the stories kind of, they all had to be the same and they all had to end the same and everybody gets saved yeah. and it's always a happy ending and mm -hmm. there is no supernatural and there is no pain and there isn't, you know, oh, um, yeah. you know, or, or if it's just, you know, Amish romance or whatever, I mean, just kind of stuff that's popular. So he's kind of gone indie and just said, you know, and he's, and he's actually been writing about, you know, a Christian view on fiction and Christian view on, you know, horror. Interesting. Yeah. He's right. He actually wrote a book called Christian horror. Um, not, not W H O R E, but H O R R O R. Wow. And I have to check that out. Great, it's a great book. And I interviewed him. You can go, I think it's episode, I don't know, seven or nine or something. Um, but, but uh, well, he, look at, and he ahead, was a pastor. He used to be a pastor actually. And, wow. and, um, and so, you know, I, I've really uh, enjoyed him. He's helped me along just to kind of think through that of just being okay with who, who you are and the stories you want to tell, like not trying to fit them into some certain kind of mold. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and, and again, yeah, some people are going to like it. Some people are going to hate it. Some people are going to question your faith and that's fine, but you know who you are and the people around you know who you are and God knows who you are. And that's um, exactly right. Yeah, so, and the, the, where do they think this creativity comes from? Right. That's what I want to know. Right. And it's, yeah. You know, uh, take the time to actually read mm -hmm. someone's book before you make these assumptions. You know, I'm not, I'm not selling out my faith. I'm actually from what, what I'm able to do with the revenues that I've created from these stories have been, has just been simply amazing. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing, you know, lives being touched here locally. We're doing things. We're going to be doing things around the world. And that comes from these little stories. That's great. So, it's big picture stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, C.S. Lewis didn't get attacked for his fiction and Tolkien and all <laughs> these guys. Like, I mean, they, they wrote from a Christian perspective, but not they weren't writing. And, you know, and Jesus saved another person. I mean, it, it was from their and, own. And what does that really mean? Yeah, right. I mean, what are, what are we saying when we're right. saying Christian fiction? What are, yeah. People have so many different ideas right. about that. Yeah. Is so. it clean? Is it this? Is it family friendly? It's like, what does family <laughs> friendly mean? You know, I mean, are we, is this veggie tales? Right, what are right. we talking about? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, good. Um, yeah. Thanks for, for sharing that. So um, I sent you uh, some, some questions ahead of time and this is okay. a, a part of the show that uh, if you remember them or not, or at the top of your head, but we call them like the quick hits kind of part of the show. 
Um, okay. so these are always a, a fun part of the show because people find out about great books and, and great resources and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so give us a must read fiction book and it can't be your own. Oh, of course not. Um, I absolutely love the pin dragon cycle by Stephen Lawhead. That's actually, uh, four books, but the okay. first one is Taliesin and then Merlin and then Arthur and then Pendragon, and that is just amazing. That's been one of my favorite uh, series for like 25 years. I love that series. It's okay. just one of those things you go back to. So, so an older series. Okay, great. Um, how about must-read nonfiction? Yeah, you're going to think I'm crazy, but the Mary Kay way. I used to be a, a senior sales director with Mary Kay, okay. uh, and I learned a lot from that book. It's kind of pricey now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. But it is a really good book, and it, it teaches you a lot about direct marketing and about being personable and starting your own business and that sort of thing. It's very inspirational. Very cool. So Mary Kay, the cosmetics, those of you that don't know what Mary yes. Kay is, depending on where you're listening. It's uh, a southern thing. Yeah. Well, they, well, they got, hey, they're out here. They're everywhere. Um, <laughs> no, that's great. I think there's so many books that writers don't realize apply to their business or their writing, and it's not always directly writing or business. Well, Mary Kay could be business, but um, no, thanks for sharing that. Um, any software that you must have or software you use that you want to share? Um, I love Dragon Anywhere um, because it's on my phone. I can put my iPod, uh, my, my iPhone headphones in there, just dictate an idea or some scene or something that's crucial, I think, that I don't want to forget, and then just email it to myself. That's great. So it's worth the 12 or 13 bucks a month or whatever it is. It's worth it to have that. Because sometimes I'll just sit in a car line and just dictate into my phone or wherever, you know. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Any uh, must-see TV or movies? Well, um, I love so many. But um, for a horrible example that you don't want to follow, watch the Lost series. <laughs> you say Lost? Uh, I love all the Lost. Yeah, okay. I love all the I, like, I that loved Lost? It. Wait, wait a minute. No, Hold on. No. Um, I loved it. It was so amazing. But then they had the rider strike and it just all went. So that's like for an example of not what not to do at the end. But I love that series. And then I'm a big Stranger Things fan. So and I'm a I'm a a binge watcher. So that's you got to see that if you haven't. Especially if you're a kid of the 80s or 90s, you'll like that one. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, no. Wonderful. Um, So you are walking through your southern gulf coast town and you stumble upon an old haunted house and inside mm-hmm. this haunted house is a microphone and this microphone is connected to the writer universe and you're able to share three writerly truths with the writer universe what would those be three well um there's plenty of room here would be the first one there is plenty of room here uh, there's no reason to be um, not welcoming of new faces. There's plenty of room. That would be the first one. I guess the second one would be be true to yourself. Um, I want to hear your voice. I love reading all your books. I don't just read my own. I read everyone's. And I want to I want to read your voice. So put it out there so we can read it. Mm-hmm. And I guess the third one would be, you know, just keep your chin up there's i think we're just at the there we're at the very top of the way for indie 
for indies. I think we're very all very blessed to be where we're at in our lives, to be right here at this moment, involved in something amazing, you know. And I think there's so many things we could gloom and doom about. There's a lot of the, what do you call the chicken that run around saying the sky's falling or mm-hmm. whatever. There's lots of people doing that, but don't do that. Just keep your chin up and keep looking for the next thing and be excited about the future because it's really amazing for us. It's really amazing. I'm excited about it. I I appreciate your optimism. There's too much gloom gloom and doom. You're right. There's, I mean, indie publishing's maybe five years old, if that, and where people are like, well, it's over. It's done with, (laughs) you know, I mean, people are like, you know, email's done, newsletters are done, everything's done. You know, it's like it's been <laughs> around four minutes. Like, give it some time. I mean, <laughs> the Internet's only been around 20, so let's let's just calm down, people. Yeah, everyone calm down. Yeah, I know. We're yes. going to be okay. <laughs> um, so what are you excited about right now? What are you working on? Oh, I am working on my Guinevere Forever. It's probably going to be a trilogy, maybe four books, I'm not sure. Uh, King Arthur is dead, and Guinevere thinks she's – her life is pretty much over too. And she's cursed by Morgan Le Fay and becomes a vampire. And, uh, so she's through the ages and this is really going to wrinkle some followers probably, but through the ages, she's watched Arthur and Lancelot come back over and over again. Uh, it's a little bit reincarnation. Don't tell anyone. Um, so, uh, she's watched them come back over and over, but she's kept her distance because, you know, she's a vampire. But now it's the end of this thousand years and there's some big horrible thing looming and she has to interact with them again. And so she has decisions to make decisions she's put off for like a thousand years. So that's going to be interesting to write. Sounds like a really cool story. I think so. Yeah. Keep us updated. We'll make sure to share that. Um, So where should people start with Monica Bullock? What, What book? Where would you have them start? And then where can they find you? Oh, wow. Um, well, they can find me on Facebook. That's probably the social media that I use the most, and that's uh, author M.L. Bullock. Um, I guess they could start in two places. Seven Sisters is the very first book I wrote in 2014. It doesn't seem like it's been that long ago. Um, but, anyway, that's the book I would read. That's 99 cents. I just took it off perma-free. It was on perma-free for like two years. And I don't even know why I did that. I just figured I'd try something different. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I took it off perma-free, so it's 99 cents. And then, or you could start with uh, The Ghost of Calioka Road, which is the first book in the Gulf Coast Paranormal series. And a lot of people like that. So, oh, and I just got a, Tantor Media contacted me, and they have uh, purchased the rights to those books. So I'm excited about that. Oh, great. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, well, Monica, it has been an absolute privilege. You have a great story. Um, you are living the prolific writer dream and uh, and doing a lot of good for people. So thanks for sharing your story. Thank you for being vulnerable. And you really helped a lot of people today. So thanks for coming on. I hope so. And I sure enjoyed it. Thanks so much. Well, there you have it. Prolific Writer Nation, episode 42. Uh, Another great interview with ML Bullock, Monica Bullock, dropping some huge writerly bombs on us. Again, just love her story. Love her humility. Love just the idea of being yourself, writing the stories that you want to write, working hard, keeping your chin up. Some great, great stuff. 
in this interview. So thank you, Monica, and go check out her book, ML Bullock. You can find her on Facebook, and I'll put that all in the show notes. Hey, just a couple of things I mentioned at the, the top of the show. Um, we now have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Ryan J. Pelton. It's just a simple way to support uh, my work and support uh, this show and uh, and show a little love. And you'll see all the information there, ways you can get involved, and also how you'll have access to me and get some cool stuff in return as well. So hopefully we can all win in that way. Um, also, one other favor I just ask is could you leave a review? It really helps us out. So if, if you subscribe to this podcast, please do that on iTunes, leave a review, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen. Love to have some feedback. Love to have an honest review. It really helps get the show out into people's hands and it helps out a lot. So thank you all for your feedback, all your love, all your comments. And hey, I just have one suggestion and that is go get those words on the page. And this is Ryan J. Pelton and I will talk to you real, real soon.